3: Greetings and welcome to an update because I'm going to be spending the month of August traveling around Alberta visiting historical sites, uh, rural historical sites, and making podcast episodes and YouTube videos. I was awarded a grant from the government to do so and I'm really looking forward to it but it also means a lot of work and I would have to rush to get episodes done and I don't want to do that because I like putting out good quality content. So I'm going to be uh, doing that. But there will be episodes coming throughout the month of August. But they're going to be my, my best of episodes from Canadian History X. So these are going to be episodes like my Terry Fox episode, my uh, episode on Mr. Dress Up, uh, maybe the Beachcombers, just episodes that I feel are really good and uh, probably my best episodes. And uh, then at the end of August, I will be back with regular episodes. We'll be getting right back to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but if you like, you can follow me along on my journey. Just follow me on Instagram, bardo37. You can follow me on Twitter, Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G, B-A-I-R-D. And uh, you can also email me if you have any questions or you just want to mention a cool place that I should visit in Alberta. Just email me at craig at canadaehx.com. And like I said, I'll be back at the end of August with brand new episodes and we'll be going strong throughout the winter with regular episodes, no more breaks, and it's going to be really great. So I do appreciate all of you guys who are listening and enjoy the shows and uh, keep enjoying them and enjoy these best of episodes. All right. Well, enjoy the summer and enjoy your August. I'll be back at the end of the month. Now, I want you to strap yourself in. And get ready for a nostalgia boost because I'm going to play you something that's going to transport you back in time to when you were a child and things were simple and easy. He is a Canadian we all know and love. He is the man who taught us about sharing, crafts, singing, and kindness. And While his name is Ernie Coombs, to millions of Canadians, he is simply mister Dressup. While he is recognized as a Canadian, Coombs was actually born in Lewiston, Maine on November 26th, 1927, and it would be almost three decades before he actually made it to Canada. First, he would have a stint in the Army where he was stationed in the Philippines as a weatherman. Then he would start his career in children's entertainment when he attended the North Yarmouth Academy in Yarmouth, Maine, majoring in arts and design. Gifted as an artist, he got involved in the arts through his painting of scenery and the carpentry and electrical services he provided. The owners of the Booth Bay Playhouse would hire him to do a pilot of a children's show, but CBS rejected it, and Coombs went back to odd jobs in theatres and construction. The scenery painting would eventually take him to the Pittsburgh Miniature Theatre and WQED TV, where he took a job as a puppeteer on a show called Dimple Depot, which ran until 1962. Coombs would begin working there as an assistant puppeteer as well, where he met a man named Fred Rogers, who would have an immense impact on the life of Coombs. Working on the noontime program hosted by Rogers, The Children's Corner, Coombs would become close friends with Rogers. Coombs would eventually create some puppets for Mr. Rogers, including Lady Elaine Fairchild. When Rogers went to Canada in 1963 to host a children's show called Mr. Rogers on the CBC, he asked Coombs to come with him. Coombs accepted the offer, and the two worked together on the show. Rogers would go back to the United States to start his own legendary career, while Coombs remained in Canada. Rogers would recommend to CBC that they develop a show around Coombs. Speaking years later, Coombs would say of Rogers, "...I could probably safely say I owe it all to him. He taught me that you don't have to jump around madly and stand on your head to hold a child's attention." Rogers gave Coombs advice as well, saying, "...if you are restrained, the kids will come to you." It was at this point he would join Butternut Square, where it debuted on October 19, 1964 where he played the lead character rather than a puppeteer. Due to his frequent costume changes, he began to call himself mister Dressup. He was joined on the show by an Australian woman named Judith Lawrence, who created the characters of Casey and Finnegan for the show. For the three years that the show ran on the CBC, Coombs also appeared as mister Dressup in the Poor Alex Theatre in the Tickle Trunk, which included Casey and Finnegan. The goal of the Butternut Square was aimed to teach children about the world, and Mr. Dressup would tell stories with a mix of fantasy and reality with dances, games and songs that educated children while encouraging participation. Judith Lawrence speaks about how she came up with Casey and Finnegan and the choice to make Casey androgynous.
4: Well, um when I was when I started working doing shows for children, it just occurred to me that the chi- the chi- the child audience would re- would uh, relate to it. Child puppet, and um, so this, our case came about, really was was just an opportunity to to be a four and a half year old puppet, or four and a half year old character, and the dog, um, Finnegan. Uh, I just, well, I decided that I didn't think I wanted a talking dog. First of all, it would have, would be very tedious, <laughs> and boring, having a dog talking at you all the time. Whereas if a to- if the dog whispered. To Casey, but then Casey interpreted what he said, then uh, you know, there was much more scope for imagination on my part. So that was how I came up with that idea. Um, because, I mean, kids would come to the studio to visit sometimes and they'd say, is Casey a girl or a boy? And I'd say, what do you think? And they'd say, a girl or a boy. And I'd say, yes, <laughs> that's right, because I left it up to the kids to decide whether it was, because of course it was a girl child. I'd like to think that a girl child would think that Casey was a girl and would, would uh, respond accordingly, and that, or if it was a boy child, then it was a boy. And then if they'd sometimes say, Is Casey a boy or a girl, and I'd say yes. <laughs> and that's you know, you figure it out.
3: <laughs> Butternut Square was suddenly cancelled by CBC to make room for new programs on February 10th, 1967. Due to the large public backlash, the producer of the show was able to negotiate to get half the studio space back, but that was not enough for the Butternut Square set. It was enough for an interior set of a home and a treehouse in a backyard. From that, Mr. Dressup was born, and Ernie Coombs had a new show within a few days. Taking the character of Mr. Dress Up, the Tickle Trunk, and Judith Lawrence with Casey and Finnegan, he launched Mr. Dress Up. Needless to say, this would be the start of one of English Canada's longest-running and most beloved children's programs. The first episode of Mr. Dress-Up would debut on February 14, 1967, and it would remain a fixture of Canadian television for the next 30 years. The making of the show was something Judith was heavily involved in when it first started.
4: Uh, well, no, I, I, in the, for the first few years, I was in fact the script editor. Because I was—I guess I was the only person. Well, I wasn't the only person in the team. We had—they put the uh, people at the CBC. The children's department was a wonderful department in those days. It was full of people who um, knew about children and also knew about television. And um, so there were there were my, myself and Ernie as performers. But then we had about six writers, I think, who and um, wrote scripts. And then the script would be in the form of an outline, would be given to the script editor. That was me for the first few years. And then I would give it back to the script to the uh, writer with comments. And then they would then write the full script. Although it wasn't a full script, we didn't have a. It was not. It it was not scripted in that sense. It was because we ad libbed all of the dialogue. And what they would do would be say things like. Yes, he is annoyed because of such and such and such and such. And then I would interpret that. Well, he had, he had already worked in children's television, um, no, in children's theater and in children's television for quite a while because he'd been in, um, I think it was in Pittsburgh with um, Mr. Rogers before he ever came up to Canada, uh, before Ernie came to Canada. And Mr. Rogers came to Canada to do a year of programming. And I'm not sure... Why? I guess that there was—it was probably something to do budget, anyway. And when Mr. Rogers came up to Canada <clears throat> to produce his program in Toronto, as opposed to Pittsburgh, uh, he brought Ernie with him, and Ernie was his puppeteer. You know, he didn't—Ernie didn't talk for puppets. He just—he but he worked the puppets. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers did all his own voices, and um, Ernie, that's how Ernie got to Toronto. And after uh, they'd been doing that for a year, I guess the um, people at the, the Children's Department, um, Bruce Atrich was the person who knew quite well. Anyway, they decided that it would be we needed to have a homegrown children's television program. So, so they <laughs> hired a bunch of immigrants <laughs> and got to put the. Actually, what happened was they they phoned me. I mean, uh, Bruce. Uh, it was Bruce who phoned me. Somebody phoned me anyway. They they phoned and said, How would you like to be in a children's television programme? And how do you like to be a puppeteer on a children's television programme? And I said, I'd love to. That was exactly what I wanted to do. So they brought together a group of us, myself and Ernie and these four writers, a physician, a pianist, and um we sat down and they said, All right, what would you how would you do a children's television programme? What would you do? We just focused out our ideas, and uh, that's how it
3: all came about. Every weekday morning, Mr. Dress-Up would lead children through a series of songs, stories, arts and crafts, and imagination games while interacting with Casey and Finnegan.
4: So? <laughs> yes. Finnegan says if he had a wish, he'd wish that he hadn't eaten that bird's chalk.
5: Well, next yeah. time you'll remember, won't you, Finnegan? Mm-hmm. You won't be a greedy fellow.
4: Right. No. Because we knew we had to take you to the vet. Yeah, we
5: were really quite concerned. I thought we'd have to take you to the vet and see what was wrong with you. Remember? Nice, but uh, you don't like to go especially, do you?
4: No, remember that time we had to take you to the vet because you'd done something else? Remember you got stung?
5: Remember that, Finnegan? Mm -hmm. Yes, that
4: was sore, wasn't it? You had to
5: have a check over too, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes.
3: Most of the show was shot outside the treehouse of Casey and Finnegan, Along with scenes in Mr. Dressup's house that included his living room, kitchen and playroom, in the playroom, you would find the iconic tickle trunk, which Mr. Dressup would use in a segment to dress as something, including animals, insects and various professions. The name of the trunk comes from the fact that the trunk would not always open for Mr. Dressup, so you have to sing a song and tickle the lock to make it open. The trunk had magical attributes as well, as it was always full of costumes, but always had the right costumes and the right sizes folded on top.
5: I just had a big fat idea, (laughs) you know it would be fun, if I dressed up like a kind of a silly kind of a doctor, and I could take this and I could say this is Casey's medicine. I'll see if I can find something silly to dress up in here. Coat. Could be silly, I guess. Oh, <clears throat> here's something good. It's a bow tie. It goes just the right color to go with my shirt. There. Well, that was an easy one to put on because it has an elastic band on the back. Now, I need a silly hat, don't I? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> perfect. <clears throat> silly hat, doctor's bag, and the juicicle, And I'll be a silly doctor now. I think I'll call myself Dr. Pink Pill. I'll be a silly doctor now, doctor now, doctor now. And I really think that I know how to make Casey feel better.
3: Crafts were also an important part of the show and Mr. Dress Up would often draw or make a craft and sing a song with the puppets on the show. The craft lessons incorporated household items that children from all income brackets could have on hand including shoeboxes, egg cartons and string. This was done so all children could participate and feel included.
5: What do we have to have for a bank? Have You ever been to a bank? Hmm. Well, banks are usually a pretty big place, and there's a place where the people who work in the bank sit, and there's sometimes a little window or just a counter. Well, I know what I could do then. First of all, first of all, I'll get this box here to keep the things in, the pretend money that we have in our bank. Then, uh... I could have the window here for the people that work in the bank. They're called tellers, people that work in the bank. So the teller could be here, and the other people could come in here. Now, what do we have here that we could play with? Oh, just what I need, some pieces of paper, a piece of cardboard, and a box. Oh, I know, I'll set up the box here, and then we can tell that this is the part where the bank workers are. Oh, I know what I can do with this. If you've ever been to the bank, you may have noticed that a lot of the tellers, the workers there, have a little name card so that you know who they are. And when you come in, you can talk to them. So I'm going to have a name card for me. And what could my name be? I know what it could be. I'll be Mr. Banks that has the bank. Because I know a real person named Mr. Banks, and he has a bank. I'll pretend that's what my name
3: is. Mr. Banks. Sometimes a short documentary would be shown, or he would read a book. Most of the films that Mr. Dressup would show were silent, and he would narrate it for the children. The show was also shot live to tape in one continuous take, like a stage play. Even the piano music at the start was performed live with each show. Typically, four new episodes per week would air, with a rerun on Fridays. Fred Penner would develop his own iconic children's show, and he remembers knowing of Mr. Dress Up and then getting the chance to meet him.
6: I mean, I, I was certainly aware of him, you know, when I was <clears throat> when I was going through my uh my earlier years. You know, he he was uh, a a popular iconic figure in the you know family entertainment, children's entertainment. Uh so I, yeah, I was aware of him, but we had not we had not met. I knew uh, I knew some of the people who worked with them. There's a, a songwriter, Terry McManus, contributor to to Ernie's work. So I, I I knew of Ernie. I knew some of the people in the world, but we didn't really uh, officially meet until I did, you know, until Fred Penner's Place was rolling, and uh, and CBC, you know, wanting to cross pollinate the series that they had had going. So I was uh, I, I was brought into to his. To his play play space, and then uh, a while later he came into mine. And there's a whole story that, I, I mean, yeah, his the first meeting with Ernie was he he is is the epitome of the gentleman. You know, he he was he was just a wonderful soul. He had a, you know, he 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 was engaging. He would smile. You know, there was no. It's like there was no ego in in play. And it was uh, it was just uh it, it was just being together and and interacting and, and we had, you know, the, the, the scripts were were uh were relatively easy to play with and you know the songs that they'd uh they wanted me to sing were tunes that I knew well. So we didn't have to fight over any music, music world. Uh he wasn't really a musician, mm-hmm. uh, but but we uh you know we he did sing, he 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 did have a voice. So we sang together and uh Actually, you you may have seen there. There's a, a picture which I could also send you. <clears throat> Excuse me, where I the I, I was uh, I was dressed up as a spider. I sort of had you know had had multiple multiple ar- or he had multiple arms. I don't know whether it was mm-hmm. him or me, but we we had some some fun costume things <laughs> to play with. And uh, he 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 just he just had had this this beautiful energy that would draw draw a child into into his, you know, into the Mr. Dress Up world, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I I appreciated that in him, you know, as I as I was growing into my world of, of entertaining children and families, the approaching it gently was was really, a, a, you know, a key, a key for me, it's not about going loud and fast and hard. It's, it's all about Hi, how are you doing? Come on in. I want to show you something. I want to share something mm-hmm. with you. You know, the voice was gentle. Everything was was gentle because because children are such delicate, sensitive, vulnerable creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, human beings to to approach them with, with anything but the, the 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 curiosity and the and the excitement of being together and doing something, whatever whatever it may be, was. Was so obvious in his world, you know, and and because he had worked, as you know, with uh, with Mr. Rogers, that's where he began his career, and uh, and and that evolved into him doing his own series, and uh, so I, I I appreciated the energy that that he he brought to to his space, you know, both both live entertainment and uh, and and certainly through television. He was a uh, he was a wonderful man, and I, I miss him.
3: Tapings of the show only took two days a week, which allowed Mr. Dressup to be home with his two children where he would draw cartoons on his daughter's lunch bag, decorate their bikes for a school fair, and take his daughter to lessons and appointments. Some evenings he would sit at the kitchen counter answering stacks of fan mail with personal, handwritten letters. His daughter, Kathy LaFort, would say of him He was soft spoken, very gentle, very kind, funny and witty. What you saw on TV, that character was not far from who he was. Josh McKinnon, whose uncle married Coombs' daughter, and who job-shadowed him one summer, describes Coombs as such. Quote, Ernie was kind, compassionate, gentle, endearing, creative, and funny. Everything you might imagine him to be outside of his on-screen Mr. Dress-Up TV character. He would go on to say during his time job-shadowing, Mr. Dress-Up was energetic and artistic on-screen. He acted, drew, talked in voices, told jokes, and interacted with the puppets and other actors in such a natural way. Ernie was incredibly good at what he did, and I suppose he should be. By this time, he'd been doing it for 25 years. In 1969, Sesame Street debuted, and there was a worry that the higher energy and faster pace would result in a show like mister Dressup ending. Coombs kept his same format, though, and mister Dressup not only remained strong, but often did better than Sesame Street in the ratings. At its peak, the show drew 500,000 viewers and 90% of its target audience. Eventually, Judith Lawrence chose to retire from the show. Instead of recasting the puppeteer for Casey and Finnegan, an announcement was made on the show that they had begun to attend kindergarten. Casey and Finnegan were slowly phased out of the show while the new characters of Chester the Crow, Truffles, Granny, Annie... Alex and Lorenzo the Raccoon began to appear. With the new characters, a new set was added to the show, the Community Center. Lawrence speaks of her time and her decision to leave the show.
4: Well, i have been doing it for, said, for 27 years, but then the other thing was I, I began to feel uneasy about children's television in general, that uh, we, were, we were making consumers, and we were... We were, yes, we we're not selling things. We didn't have commercials or anything like that. But even so, there was a certain atmosphere of consumerism about television, children's television. And then when when Sesame Street came along, it was very much patterned on a commercial program. I mean, they said this themselves. You know, that, that the the um, the bits that were the commercial breaks. You know, the the, the bits of the, of the program that were to do with a letter mm-hmm. or a word or a letter, that was, uh, that was patterned on the commercial break that you saw in grown-up people's television. And I just didn't feel very comfortable in that sort of atmosphere and, and decided maybe I'd had enough.
3: In describing his show, Coombs said, quote, I think it's because it's gentle. It's real. I think the kids feel we are real people. Even the puppets are real people. You can't help but respect kids because they are such wonderful little beings. Penner describes why Mister Dressup's safe place was so important for children.
6: We all did had had the similar awareness of the vulnerability of the child and wanting to create an atmosphere that that was safe and engaging and uh, and positive and all that. So for for Mister Rogers to go into the land of make believe, well, that's that's where children live. That's their that's their foundation, mm-hmm. and, and for Ernie and the tickle trunk and and the playfulness that that he that he brought to the game, and he was such a good artist as well mm-hmm. that I, I think that opened up a visual connection for for the kids that they they could just just play and draw something and you know be uh, just allow their their creativity to come out. But but the yeah the safety of an environment is really uh, is really very very important when you're working. Uh, and interacting with children. They they should, with a capital S, feel safe in that environment.
3: The final episode of the show would air on February fourteenth, nineteen 1996, 20 years to the day that it premiered. Coombs had requested that no mention be made of when the last show would be taped out of respect for his young viewers.
1: I'm thrilled to announce that I'm here on the set with Mr. Dress-up, Ernie Coombs. It's a pleasure to meet you.
5: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a pleasure to be
1: here for 30 years. Yeah, well, you know, I was wondering what it's like these last few days for you as you're getting ready, you know, for the final taping. What's it like for you?
5: Well, uh, one thing that uh, I've noticed is one by one, um, people, as we tape, get toward the last show, people are on the show as guests or as puppeteers for the last time. Mm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Karen Vallo, who does Chester the Crow and who's just marvelous, um, came out after the show with tears in her eyes. And I didn't realize it was Chester's last appearance. And I was wondering why, why Karen was weepy. And it was because she'd done the last Chest of the Crow forever and ever. Mm. So I got choked up, too. Well,
1: no kidding. But do you think, I mean, on your last day, when it'll be your last taping? Oh, boy. (laughs) Not that we we want to, you know, burst into tears now, but it's a a kind of a poignant thing to think about, isn't
5: it? Uh, Yeah, I had never realized uh, what taping the last show would be, Mm. what it would be like. I still don't know what it's going to be like, but it's going to be very, very emotional.
1: Do you, um, when you look back at this set now, I mean, is it? I, I was wondering if it's like you know, kind of a visual artist looking at a career retrospective. I mean, when you look around, do you do you, do you know? Do you have things that remind you of moments on the show or things that uh, happened?
5: There are a lot of things here. Uh, now that you mention it, that uh, some things that are unique to one particular show, maybe something I've made on the show, something that uh, has been bought especially for the show, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um you know, all of our little stuffed animals have a history of their own
1: they're so <coughs> cute will you actually be saying goodbye because you're still going to be on right so uh, yeah how, no would, the, what will you be saying it'll be an ordinary
5: show and we always end up each show by saying uh, we'll, we'll see you again soon but uh, for now we'll say goodbye from whoever's on the show and myself so uh, when it's the last rerun forever and ever, I don't know, maybe they'll have to amend it or, or have the announcer come on and say, Mr. Dress-Up lied to you. I'm not coming back.
1: <laughs> we could never have that. There'd be a rebellion <laughs> we, in the Maybe we land. should do a
5: double ending to some show. Yeah. But the last show that we tape uh, on uh, the 14th won't look like a last show.
1: It'll be a regular show. Yeah. Except it'll my, be a little my, misty. My lip may be
5: trembling yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, we'll be watching for that.
3: By the time the last show taped, Coombs had made 4,000 episodes of Mr. Dressup, and for the next several years, he would begin touring around Canada, performing at college campuses, which were filled with the people who had grown up watching him all those years. His college tours were called "Tales from the Tickle Trunk," and the reaction to these performances was seen on a smaller scale when Mr. Dressup appeared on Jonovision in the late 1990s most of us remember a time when we'd spend part of each day with casey and finnegan and wishing we could get just one glimpse into the tickle trunk how did they fit all those clothes in there and how did casey manage to stay six years old for 30 years only our next guest knows for sure please welcome mr dress up how does it feel to be back in your old studio
5: oh it's wonderful but what have you done to the decor it probably looks a little different my tree house is gone it just doesn't look right Uh,
3: but it's not it's not gone in our hearts obviously so even though you're still retired are you still referred to as Mr. Dress Up
5: oh yeah, yeah. yeah 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 So what have you been up to since you've retired? Oh, I've been very busy. I've been touring and I've been um, doing personal appearances and making speeches and keeping busy and restoring my old car and all kinds of stuff.
3: So how has the response been since you've retired when you're speaking in groups, people must love you?
5: Sort of like here,
3: yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like here. Ernie Coombs would pass away on September 18th, 2001 at the age of 73 in Toronto. For one week after his death, CBC stopped Mr. Dressup to not confuse children who had heard about his death. They would start up again in October 2001 and continued until 2006. His ashes were spread at his camp in Maine, and in the House of Commons, his passing was acknowledged by the Members of Parliament, who expressed their gratitude for his dedication in creating positive images for children on television.
0: A sad note now from here at home. Before Barney, before Teletubbies, there was Mr. Dressup, a gentleman who delighted generations of children. Ernie Coombs died this morning in a Toronto hospital after suffering a stroke. The National Senior Arts Correspondent Laurie Brown now on why we loved Mr. Dressup. He
2: had a trunk, a couple of puppet friends, scissors, paper, and glue. That's all Ernie Coombs used to make this country fall head over heels in love with Mr. Dress-Up. I used to skip school to watch Mr. Dress-Up. Well, he was your weekday routine. You got up and played, and you watched Mr. Dress-Up. He was the nicest man. i would never seen him, That he always had a lot of fun playing with his puppets and his games, and always smiled at and- me.
5: So I think the reason I liked doing the show so much was because I was basically doing things that I loved to do as a kid, so I didn't have to grow up. I could just go into the studio, play with toys, talk to puppets, uh, make crafts, draw pictures, dress up and pretend to be somebody else, and get paid for it. Great.
2: For over 30 years on the CBC and 4,000 shows, Mr. Dressup was a unique, quiet alternative to the frenetic pace of most children's TV. Mr. Up? Well, can I have a turn, Casey? Well, why don't you
1: get your own vote, and then you can have as much turn as you want to. can't say enough about him. He was a wonderful, special, gentle person, and, uh, you will not
2: likely see him again, uh, a person like him again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> born in the u.s coombs trained as a commercial artist he started at the cbc in 1963 first on butternut square then on his own program mr dress-up coombs retired in 1996 but mister Dressup did didn't reruns on cbc still captivate children six days a week and his Christmas time stage performances proved Mr. Dress Up was as popular live as on TV.
0: Ernie was as lovely and unassuming and as innocent in real life as he was on camera. Like
2: Coom said he simply acted as a father would with his children. What a wonderful father he was.
5: So long that we have to say so long until next time we
2: see you. Goodbye. <laughs> Ernie Coombs was 73 years old. Laurie Brown, CBC News, Toronto.
3: Upon his death, Fred Rogers would say that Coombs was quote the whimsical man who never lost touch with the child within. Over the course of his life, Ernie Coombs released four albums as Mr. Dressup. The first was simply called mr dress up in 1970 followed by mr dress up happy birthday alligator al in 1976 mr dress up and friends for a song in 1979 and wake up mr dress up in 1982. he also released three books as mr dress up during his life throughout his life coombs was a lover of vintage auburn automobiles and he would restore his own over several years and took it to rallies and festivals whenever he could he also enjoyed performing in live theater especially the Christmas pantomime at the Elgin Theatre in Toronto. In 1994, Coombs became a Canadian citizen. Coombs had lived with his family in Pickering, Ontario, and his wife Marlene ran a daycare in Scarborough called Butternut Learning Centre. They had married in 1961 in Pittsburgh. The couple had two children, Christopher and Catherine. Sadly, while out shopping with Ernie in 1992, Marlene was killed by a car that went off the road when the driver had a seizure, killing her instantly. Coombs would appear on Fred Penner's place only two weeks after her death, leading to an emotional moment for Penner and Coombs.
6: When uh when when we had had booked Ernie, it was I think it was it was uh, like the summer of maybe '95. Some somewhere in that. It was it was in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh uh and Ernie Ernie was primed to be in the show. The the scripts, the scripts were written, everything was fine. He was he was excited about coming on and uh and about two weeks before he uh he was scheduled to uh to come to Vancouver because we we taped both in Winnipeg and Vancouver Mm -hmm. and about two weeks before the Vancouver run uh his his wife was tragically killed in Toronto uh you, you probably know that story where she was they they were shopping beautiful day downtown Toronto they were in a store together you know at at one point uh His wife said, "I'm going to go outside. It's such a beautiful day. I'll take in the sun." And Ernie said, "Great. I'll meet you outside. I'm I'm just going to do a little more shopping, and then I'll meet you there." And in that time frame, you know how how tentative that line, that thread of life is. uh, In that time frame, a taxi, you know, lost control and jumped the curb and killed her. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we immediately, you know, sent word to Ernie that you know we 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 feel. We feel for you you know our sympathies our our love all of that goes to you and we're we're totally fine if you want to cancel the shows or you know rebook and whatever whatever you would like to do and he said no that he he and his wife had discussed it. he was excited about being on the show and and so he ultimately came to uh came to Vancouver uh and and the energy that the 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 crew gave him when when he came on set was uh, was well overwhelming to say mm-hmm. the least because everybody felt the same degree of uh, of 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 sympathy of empathy for you know for for a man who just lost his lost a loved one lost his wife so so everybody just gave so much support and love to him and uh, and and the show was. Uh, and the show was, we did two shows, and they were, you know, they worked well. And, and at the end of, uh, of the second show, and we didn't even think of this, but, but there was a song that had been already primed, to, you know, to do. And, and I knew it, and Ernie knew it. And it was a song that Tom Chapin, uh, Harry Chapin, uh, mm-hmm. his brother, who was also in the, in the children's entertainment world in, in uh, the U.S., a song called Together Tomorrow, and so Ernie and I are sitting in front of the log on the steps, you know, not not far from the guitar cave. We're in that little little zone, getting ready to say goodbye to the mm-hmm. audience and to each other. And we start singing, Together tomorrow, together tomorrow, my friend. Tonight when I'm sleeping, I'll dream of us being, you know, together tomorrow. And yes. and at that moment we thought, oh, we're we're not talking about each other. We're talking about Ernie and his wife. Mm-hmm. And so we were we were both sitting there, you know, on the, on the brink of tears, and right? I we had to really work through that one. So it wasn't just a blubber bust, but um, but but that that was absolutely the the most beautiful and intense moment that that I ever had on the series.
3: The show itself has been honored greatly in Canadian culture. A YouTube channel run by the Canadian Media Fund and Google Canada put episodes up for people to watch in 2017. In 2010, Casey's Treehouse was put on permanent display at the Canadian Broadcasting Centre in Toronto, and the Tickle Trunk with props was put on display near the Treehouse. In 2017, an informal poll put it at number one as the most memorable English Canada television show. In the poll, conducted by CBC journalist Justin McElroy, Mr. Dress Up dominated against the other 64 shows in the brackets. In the children's bracket, he won 93% of the vote against the Edison Twins, 75% against Reboot, 79% against the Raccoons, and 75% against the Friendly Giant in the final round. Advancing to the final four to compete with the winners of the other brackets, he beat out the Heritage Minutes with 70%, then easily defeated the Kids in the Hall in the final round. CBC's Karen Larson, after 400,000 votes had been cast, summarized why he was so popular among voters. Quote, Mr. Dressup helped millions upon millions of Canadian children make what can be a scary thing, starting school, a much happier experience. Even for Lawrence, when she brings out Casey and Finnegan, it is an emotional experience for many.
4: Well, I was shocked because I discovered that grown-ups would cry. You know, I didn't, it never occurred to me, but... um when I when I would appear, do a personal appearance occasionally just out of the blue and usually as a surprise, that the audience, the older people in the audience, would be in tears. And I thought, this is, you know, what the, is the matter with everybody? <laughs> and in tears. For me, it was a lovely way to go back to be, being a four-and-a-half-year-old. But for a lot of grown-ups, of course, of, uh, adults, we uh, not Grown-ups is the right word, but I wasn't a grown-up. But anyway, for a lot of older people, I think it it was revisiting their childhood and it was a moment of nostalgia and emotion and um, I it surprised me rather.
3: On November 26th, Mr. Dress Up with Casey and Finnegan were featured as a Google Doodle on the Canadian Google website.
1: A quiet dog named Finnegan and something called the Tickle Trunk. For the generations who grew up watching Mr. Dressup, those are memories found only in Canada. Ernie Coombs, who portrayed the beloved character, would have turned 85 today. At this point, we usually take you somewhere in Canada. But tonight's story starts on your computer screen. Ian Hannah Mansing tells you why.
2: The people on the bus go up and down, up and down, up
0: and down. 16 years after Mr. Dressup's last show, 11 years after his death, Ernie Coombs was honored today in a way he could never have imagined, the so-called Google Doodle. Across Canada, anyone using the search engine today saw this.
2: Reminds us at a time when we have tablets and smartphones and television that sometimes simple is best.
0: Simplicity embraced in the high tech offices of Google Canada, where staffers asked head office to create the whimsical countrywide tribute.
3: I think the pitch was something along the lines of every single Canadian loved this guy, <laughs> and we want to celebrate him. And I think they kind of bought into our enthusiasm.
0: The artist in California who created this has done lots of doodles for children's characters, like from Sesame Street. But Mr. Dressup sent him, well, searching through Google.
3: I had had a friend once refer to the tickle trunk before, and I had a Canadian friend. I had no idea what she was talking about. It was great, because it was you know, not too different from some of the children's shows that I grew up loving in the US. And as I learned more about Mr. Dress Up, I-, I wish I had had the show in the US. Oh,
0: that's so sweet. Ernie Coombs' daughter says he would have been thrilled Even though...
2: Dad never used a computer. And he certainly didn't know what Google was. And uh, he, as much as I encouraged him to try and use a computer, he was always that that person that that, um, returned fan letters in a handwritten form.
4: What's Google? Well, Google is something to do with
0: a computer. Casey, still just four and a half years old, also isn't quite sure what to make of all of this.
4: What? Why do they click on it? Um, I don't know. I can't, I don't know the answer.
0: Casey and Finnegan's puppeteer says there's nothing like Mr. Dress Up today. Nobody would ever
4: put that group of people together and say, go ahead and, you know, ad lib half an hour show. A day and we'll put it on the air. It wouldn't happen. But I think if it did happen, that probably children would respond to it. And
5: here I am at the Tickle Trunk.
0: And, and no doubt some of those children were introduced today to a character who, for almost 30 years and more than 4,000 episodes, charmed generations of Canadian kids before that.
3: <music> Ian Hannah Mansing, CBC News, Vancouver. When Jim Carrey created his character, Mr. Pickles, for his show Kidding, he was inspired not by Mr. Rogers, but mister Dressup. He states, I had the friendly giant in Canada. There was a wonderful opening sequence where you would come to a castle and he puts the furniture out for you and things are little, tiny miniature. mister Dressup, he was on for, gosh, my whole life. Those are the things I grew up with and they were just wonderful. They were wonderful. Michael J. Fox would pay tribute to the show, saying that it, quote, taught him to envision a world of limitless possibility. Penner reflects on why the show still resonates.
6: Uh, well, as I was saying, it's, the, it's that connection that he made with the vulnerable child over you know, his multiple decades. And, and I, I venture to say that, that the majority of children who watch that show on a regular basis do remember it as we were as we were talking and they when, when when you grow into adulthood when you have your own kids inevitably you want them to share what you had as a child and so so that you know and, and whether it's specifically um you know a, a mr Dress Up episode but but the the feeling the remembering of of how you felt when you watched that show how you engaged with Mr. Dress up in the midst of that, how you maybe learned how to draw, learned how to, how to, how to make a puppet out of a sock or uh, whatever you learned how to do with him is passed on, you know, from generation to generation. So, um, that will inevitably resonate because it was such a personal connection. It wasn't just a fly by night thing. It was, it was something very deep and powerful and honest, and, um, and, again, touching the vulnerability of the child.
3: Lawrence also speaks about why the show still resonates with so many Canadians.
4: Maybe it's because it touches on something that's familiar to people, would, well, in other words, takes them back to their childhood. In other words, I guess, saying we are authentic in that sense. Um, and perhaps that's what it is. That people would like to be able to go back to their childhood as, and I was—I turned on uh, Knowledge Network the other day. I was looking at a children's program, and I thought, you oh, know, because it was first, it was animated, which mm-hmm. we 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 never were, of course. And um, but also, it was um, hard to follow the, what they were saying. I mean, the voices that were being done, of course, by adults. But even so, they were a little bit hard to follow. And I guess we we hit a, some kind of authentic chord that perhaps. It doesn't occur, especially with animated figures, Mm -hmm. which is what most children's television is
3: these days. Over the course of his career, Coons would be widely honoured in Canada. In 1989, he was presented with the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Children's Broadcast Institute. In 1994, he was awarded the prestigious Earl Grey Award for Excellence in Canadian Television Programming. And in 1996, he was presented with the Order of Canada. His Order of Canada citation reads, Affectionately known across the country as mister Dressup, he has been entertaining people in a gentle, caring fashion for three decades, refusing to succumb to more aggressive, commercialized formats. Believing that education linked with entertainment enhances the cognitive learning process, he encouraged and stimulated the imagination of preschool children in thousands of original television programs. In 1996, he won the Gemini for Best Performance in the Children's Program, and one year later was awarded the Save the Children Award for his years as a spokesman for the Canadian Save the Children Foundation. In 2001, he was given an honorary degree by Trent University, and in 2019, he was given a star on Canada's Walk of Fame. I will close this episode out with McKinnon's description of Coombs and his impact. Quote, Ernie was a warm, funny, jovial man. He was passionate about the arts and loved teaching children how to use their imagination. Realizing what a special world he had built around him that he worked incredibly hard for, he taught me that hard work and dedication do pay off. He taught me not to take life too seriously and laugh with everyone at work. He taught me that the relationships you build with friends and colleagues have the potential to last a lifetime. So always be kind to those around you. In addition to these things, above all, Ernie Coombs, Canada's beloved Mr. Dress-up, in his dressing up, playing with his on-screen friends and puppets, drawing and singing, and just plain having fun, he taught me that your imagination is your most powerful tool.
5: You know no. what I've got to do? Know what? I've got to get an iron and iron those shirts. Oh. So we'll be running along, but we'll see you again soon. Yes. Time to say bye-bye now from Casey and Finnegan. Bye-bye. And me. mister Dressup. bye Bye-bye.
3: hope you enjoyed that episode and our look at Mr. Dress Up. If you did, please leave a rating and review. You can reach me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can visit my website, where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. Just like all of these wonderful people have, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke S., Vic Hedges, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. Information comes from CBC, Canada's Walk of Fame, Wikipedia, National Post, Medium.com, Canadian Encyclopedia, TheLoop.ca, DrivingSuccess.ca, and The Star.